Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. Covering the sports betting landscape from coast to coast, this is Betting Across America on VSIN, the sports betting network. Back here, Betting Across America, presented by BetMGM. Dave Ross alongside Wes Reynolds. And Wes, we do have some uh, second wave of games now, some scoring going on. Every time I look up, I see the fighting Harbaugh's punching people around, mm-hmm. very physical offense, and they went right down the field against Rutgers. They're on the board 7-0. Again, they were laying 20-and-a-half. I felt like the number felt too big, but they're starting to make me believers week in, week out uh, as Michigan holds on to that lead. Clemson also on the board 7-0 against NC State, finally trying to get that offense yeah. untracked. And back to that Michigan game, by the way, 15 of the 17 offensive plays from scrimmage for Michigan, of course, Funs. on the ground. 15 for 64 yards. So right now, updating that live line, if I can get it at BetMGM, and I don't have it up right now, but 7 nothing the score. Five minutes left to go in the first quarter. Scarlet Knights off to a poor start, really, defending Michigan, but they do have the ball. Uh, of course, next hour, I just want to give you a little programming update. We're going to have Matt Hayes joining us. Talk a little Heisman with him as well. The odds changing as the games now go final, and Scott Seidenberg is going to join us in studio as well uh, next hour. But the big story so far from the early action in college football is Notre Dame. And in the span of us mm-hmm. taking a little bit of a break and coming back, they scored two touchdowns. If you had the under today, you're thinking, how in the world did this not cash 10-3 to at halftime? Right. And it's 41-13 as the final. I yeah. mean, Graham Mertz is just, you get a pick six, you get a pick six. And all of a sudden, boy, that doesn't cash. But Notre Dame plus six and a half, and certainly in the money line, that cashed easily. The Notre Dame Fighting Irish had 242 yards of total offense today and only 17 first downs. 
And they scored 41 points. By the way, Notre Dame also had 11 penalties for 93 it yards. It was not You're a not, clean game. Yeah, but Wisconsin, uh, five turnovers, four interceptions from Graham Mertz. And uh, Notre Dame only had 10 points going into the final 15 minutes. They had 31 in the fourth quarter. Uh, that Tyree 96-yard kickoff return. They did have a, a touchdown and a field goal on offense. Two pick sixes in the final couple minutes if you had the under and the under got the money here but the under's not going to get the money in no. terms of paying out tickets because 41 to 13 game goes over the total this was all under money and i think it was the right handicap but yeah. right handicap wrong result and by the way brian kelly with this win now the all-time winningest head coach in notre dame history mm -hmm. and they're going to get cincinnati coming into south bend to uh notre dame stadium next week winning winningest is only a word we use in sports right because yes. i know English teachers are going, what? But that's exactly right. Uh, to that point about Cincinnati and Notre Dame next week. So now I think you just gave the people a really good look ahead quickly as to the way, the manner in which Notre Dame throttled Wisconsin. Today. Mm -hmm. But if you look at it between the numbers, they really didn't do a whole lot offensively. Jack Cohn got hurt in this game. We'll find out about it. his availability next week against Cincinnati. Again, this game is in South Bend. And we just did a hypothetical We'll see how this works out here in, in Las Vegas, but maybe about a five-point favor is what we're guesstimating Notre Dame to be here. And again, this summer, they were only about a two-point favorite. Mm -hmm. But now, before today's game, Notre Dame was around a 60-1 to long shot to win the national championship. After beating Wisconsin today, and you look at that schedule going forward, they're 40-1, to okay, as we sit right now. So you might say, well, the value's gone. But when I look at the schedule... I go Cincinnati's the last stumbling block. Mm -hmm. In an undefeated Notre Dame, I don't, Toledo game is gone. They, they should have lost that. They didn't lose that, right? Potentially could have lost to Florida State. They're, Florida State's losing again to Louisville right now. 10 nothing Louisville in the first quarter. So how, good, so how good are these wins for Notre Dame? It doesn't matter. If they go undefeated and they're Notre Dame and TV networks are out there going, they're going to get into the college yes. football playoff. And if so, I ask you, sir, is 40 to 1 still a value play or is that value gone? Well, I think at 40 to 1, still there's some value there. And, you know, throw a lottery ticket on it, basically. Because, look, I do think if they run the table and if we can get that schedule back up, we talk about Cincinnati is their next opponent. Of course, Cincinnati right there in the top 10. Look, and if they win this game, all of a sudden, now they still have to run the table there in the American Athletic Conference. Yeah. So, Cincinnati. Still going to need some help, but all of a sudden, a little bit closer than you would think. Certainly, last year, everybody was talking about, why didn't Cincinnati get any consideration? Well, really, because they don't beat anybody because of that COVID <laughs> schedule. That's they right. didn't really have a lot of uh, premier teams in the non-conference. So you see that schedule, Cincinnati. Now, going down to Blacksburg, that won't be that's going to probably be a night game that's right. down there. And Enter Sandman's going to be blasting. So not an easy one. You get USC at home. You're going to be favored. But... USC, maybe we'll see how Keaton Slovis rebounds tonight, going yep. back in the lineup against Oregon State. North Carolina still has a high, still has Sam Howell, who can chuck that ball up and down the field. So Notre Dame, you look at them, even though they're not like a lot of top five teams on that schedule, there's still quality wins on that schedule, perhaps. Cincinnati at Virginia Tech, USC, North Carolina. At Stanford. Na Navy's obviously way down this year. Virginia has kind of been on the struggle bus the yep. last couple of weeks, been blown out in two straight ACC games. Georgia Tech, no problem there. They've already lost to Northern Illinois, but we'll see how good Stanford is. Is Stanford all of a sudden, because Stanford's been down the last couple of years, and all of a sudden it's like, okay, has the bloom come off the rose for David Shaw? 
And now they got a chance uh, this afternoon here. We talked with Yogi Roth. He's mm-hmm. going to be calling that game. They've got a chance maybe to get right here and pull an, uh, an underdog win. So there are a lot of quality games on this Notre Dame schedule, especially when you compare it to some others that are kind of in that top 10, like a Clemson, I would speak of, like uh, maybe even an Oregon, because we're going to see how this Pac-12, yep. the Pac-12 does and if they're going to get penalized because – the Pac-12 is seen as down because everybody's already lost, not necessarily in conference. So, Well, great point. When we talked to, to Gogi about this, and you and I made the point live right here on VEASAN as it was happening when Oregon went to the shoe and beat Ohio State. And then the conversation was going to be, well, they play in the Pac-12. Mm-hmm. Even if they run the table, the schedule isn't good enough for that signature win to get you into the college football playoff. But their resume against Notre Dame's. The, the thing that I cannot get away from, this is why 40-1 to 1, if you want to back Notre Dame for the national championship to, to at least have the opportunity in the college football playoff, you got to right. talk about, do they get opportunity? An undefeated Notre Dame school, I just can't imagine they're left out. And But would they do that at the expense of an Oregon? Right. Which is arguably going to be the best win you're going to see all year going to Ohio State when C.J. Stroud was healthy week two, right? Mm-hmm. And they go there and kind of whip them around a little bit pretty good, slap them around. That's a signature win. That's as good a win as Notre Dame's going to have. And the other problem, too, is because you only have four spots in the college football playoff, two of them might go to the same conference because let's say Georgia gets Florida here in the cocktail party at the end of October. Georgia doesn't really have – they have a much easier schedule than Alabama. Alabama's still got to play Texas A&M. Alabama's still got to play Ole Miss. you still got to play the Iron Bowl. Anything can happen in a rivalry game. Georgia – if they get poop Florida, it looks smooth sailing to me because nobody in the East is going to beat them. None of those teams, Kentucky, the, they've already beaten South Carolina, Tennessee. So Georgia and Alabama, you could very well have two undefeated teams going to Atlanta for that SEC title game. And if it's a competitive game and nobody gets whitewashed one way or the other, wow. then you're going to see maybe Georgia and Alabama in that playoff, only two spots left and a lot more teams to perhaps claim them, Notre Dame, perhaps a Cincinnati if they beat Notre Dame, Oregon, uh, whoever wins the ACC, which Clemson would still be the favorite, yep. Ohio State, Penn State. So a lot of teams out there that could certainly claim spots. And I know people are going to say, well, this is why you get to expand the college football playoff. I'm not one of those guys. The hard is what makes it good to get mm-hmm. in there. I think four is still the right number. But again, these are potential pitfalls. To the point about Cincinnati now, they are 80-1 to 1 right now. To win the college, then win the national championship, and again the opportunity to get to the college football playoff. Well, that begins next week with that same game mm-hmm. against Notre Dame. Yes. So again, you're really if you're a Cincinnati backer, you're loving the fact that ND whipped up on Wisconsin. Even the score yeah. it was a lot closer than the score indicated here. So now you got to look at it from Cincinnati's point of view and go, okay, if we can go and beat Notre Dame in their house, right, with touchdown Jesus overlooking, and we go there and get that win. Is Cincinnati's strength of schedule the rest of the way potentially good enough to get them a dance? Well, and I think a win at Notre Dame, that might kind of overlap what Indiana is going to be. Maybe Indiana is going to be a 6-6 and team. There was thought, okay, maybe they can win eight games. So that win, even though it's a really good win, and the committee, if they know what they're talking about, will still consider it and won't be like, well, Indiana was 6-6. and That's not really a good win. But look at the rest of the schedule. Yeah. Right? That's a cakewalk for Cincinnati the rest of the way. Yeah, they do get UCF, and I believe – I'm not sure if they get Houston on that schedule because they have uh, taken out the divisions 
in that American Athletic Conference because there used to be like a West Division and an East Division. But there are some weak sisters on that schedule. Unfortunately, our, our men at the Naval Academy no, not having a very good not, season not in good. Annapolis, Temple, East Carolina. So, yeah, that's why this is the season for Cincinnati next week in South Bend. Okay, so at 80-1 to 1 is their value because we love their schedule. And, again, that means next week potentially – could be their playing game. That's that's the way they get to the college football playoff is by beating Notre Dame and doing that on the road mm-hmm. next week. Because I just don't see them losing any football games potentially past that. I'm sure the committee, they'll never admit this, they're rooting for Notre Dame so that this discussion doesn't happen exactly going forward. But this is a very real probability. Mm-hmm. And again, 80-1 to 1 right now, Notre Dame 40-1 to 1 to win the national and, championship. And still a couple of elixirs, not only for Cincinnati even running the table here, what if Oklahoma runs the table? That's kind of the team we just forgot about. I know. And see, this is where yeah. I, it gets dicey because to your point that the SEC, if they get two in, mm-hmm. what do you do with un- potentially undefeated Some Cincinnati? Some major conference is going to get left out. Could you imagine if Oregon, if Oregon runs the table in the Pac-12 mm-hmm. and they won at Ohio State yeah. and they're going to take potentially undefeated Notre Dame over them and they take two in the SEC? I mean, there will be bedlam. It'll be yeah. cr- And Oklahoma's undefeated? Mm-hmm. That's the problem. If you have undefeated schools from, from power conferences and an undefeated potential independent in Notre Dame, what do you do committee? That, yeah. And before you make these bets, to, to figure out your long odds, you got to figure out a pathway to get to the college football playoff. That's why it's so important to look at the schedule and figure out, is it good enough that the committee is going to award them? Yeah, we, we shall see. And, I mean, we're going to start to get the committee putting out those rankings here in the next Ooh. month or so. I love it. I, I get a little bit fired up over this because I, I want every school that goes undefeated, they should get in, but there's only four spots. Uh, when you come back with us, he was the favorite before the season, but now he's at 25-1. to 1. We'll tell you who we're talking about. Come out with Beeson, the Sports Betting Network. Hey, guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. we got a great episode coming up, picks in all the sports, football, basketball. We do them all, but here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally. But Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, are like, you know, who's ready to catch Creighton? You don't watch Creighton. They play. And I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not never the, going not, the, not the Big East tournament? Well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But, like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. That cool. Like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was Cre- – Creighton is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, I don't not, have him doing that. that. Like, that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a, is a good team? Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> and then they're never at any of those. And then they're never, yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Dirk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Dirk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? see the whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. 
Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. This is Betty Across America on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. I'm back here, Betting Across America, here with Wes Reynolds. I am Dave Ross. Going to go back out to Ben Falk's doing great work over at Mandalay Bay. And Ben, when we spoke to you earlier, I know there was a huge wager you saw that came in on Wyoming against UConn. The sweat has to be real early, doesn't it, Ben? Well, guys, when we talk about these big bets, you know, it's all fun and games when it's Georgia minus 22 in the first half and they're up 38 nothing. you know, winning in the, in the 60s. It's nice and easy. You're sitting back enjoying a few beverages. Not so much when you have $100,000 on Wyoming minus 31. Uh, again, not looking so great there uh, against UConn. Uh, you know, who, who knows what it is? Maybe it's that East Coast the weather. Who knows what it is? Wyoming used to playing at altitude, but not going so well, certainly for one better there. Definitely a sweat. You got to uh, you want to have the lead, I think, at halftime there if you're covering 31. Yeah, and they're down 10 nothing early in West. You had the adjusted line there, now 13 and a half. Yeah, Wyoming. yeah, that's what it was here at the end of the uh, first quarter. But, yeah, now you got to score 41 to get a push here. Oh, and uh, That's a big mm. chore when you've only got three quarters to do it. Yeah, let's talk about some other action, Ben, that you're seeing come in here, and we're keeping an eye on Texas A&M against Arkansas down there in Jerry World. What are you seeing in the action? How's it looking on that game? Yeah, another interesting one, right? Usually when you have a public dog, you probably want to have a, a se- maybe take a second before betting that if everyone is on. We saw that with Notre Dame, plus six and a half. Obviously that comes home, Notre Dame winning outright. And another one certainly that we've seen is Arkansas. This line came down as Texas A&M, about minus five, minus five and a half, down to minus four, or minus four, uh, three and a half in some places. And we've seen a ton of money on Arkansas. This is the second most bet game at BetMGM Sportsbooks. The number one most bet ticket, Notre Dame plus six and a half. So two public dogs, certainly a lot of money right now 
on Arkansas, riding that. Again, Texas A&M, backup quarterback. That's part of it. Also, Arkansas playing well, but a ton of money on Arkansas to cover the spread today at BetMGM. And right now, 3 nothing the Hogs uh, with the lead. I'm one of those public guys, Ben. I did back the Hogs today in Gerald. Let's see if it holds up, but so far, so good. Yeah, just three minutes left to go in the first quarter, Hogs. And we thought that this would be a low-scoring game. Total was 47. Pretty much was around there all week. Texas A&M, one of the better defenses in the country, but so far, Hogs up. Ben, I, I didn't think we'd see a lot of action in the UNC game today, but am I wrong? Are you seeing a lot of money come in there? Well, a lot of money from one specific better. Uh, $110,000 on UNC, minus 14 and a half. Uh, again, that kicking off a little bit later at Georgia Tech. But you know, you never know, again, what game you're going to have the big bet on. Excuse me, I should correct that. Minus 14, not 14 okay. and a half 14. on North Carolina. Um, but again, a, a large wager on UNC. We'll, uh, we'll see what happens. Probably not going to be one of the bigger bet games uh, of the day, but certainly one better taking a shot on UNC. Big shot there, Ben. Uh, thanks. Great work, as always, out there at Mandalay Bay. We'll check back with the new... Uh, with you in just a little bit, but the roar you just heard, Ben, while you were giving that update on the, the bet for UNC, is the Hogs. We just mm -hmm. spoke about it there in Jerry World. We get a big, long touchdown. They're yeah, up nine talk up. about they run the ball a lot, but about 81 yards Ooh. here on this touchdown. So now Aggie's in a little bit of a hole, in some trouble. We know that they haven't looked great no. really here in the first three weeks, but have gotten wins. Defense has been good enough. Now you're getting a real team here, so... Uh, Jimbo and his guys in a little bit of trouble, at least early on. 10 nothing here at the near the end of the first quarter. And if I cash that ticket, I'm going to credit you because you were on the Hogs a couple weeks ago, really opened up my eyes, that win against Texas. And I think Texas is a pretty good football team. A&M with that backup quarterback, I like the Hogs catching them. And all of a sudden, today. that win looks really good Doesn't considering it? Texas hung 70 on Texas Tech today. Absolutely. So that's, again, it's when you get them, the number you get. But right now, Arkansas looking pretty good. 9 nothing. PAT pending. Uh, as we were going to break uh, there in the last segment, if you noticed, we were talking about the Heisman odds, and we mentioned one guy that was at 25-1, to 1, and it's interesting with that big bet that Ben Fox just told us about on UNC. And that quarterback is Sam Howell, and I mm -hmm. want to discuss him a little bit today. So if that guy is wagering, you know, six digits on UNC, he's basically wagering on Sam Howell to show up today and be the Heisman contender we thought he would be. So far, not great numbers. Nine touchdowns, four picks, uh, QBR of just over 80. What do you make of Sam Howell in the Heisman race? Any value there at 25 to 1 or well, is that I, lost to and Virginia I think Tech? It, it, if he puts up really good numbers, it'll come down a little bit, but I don't think really substantially because I think the first impression, sometimes you only get one chance to make a first I'm impression. That first impression was not very good. 17 of 32, 208. One touchdown, three interceptions. I know he threw for five last week against UVA. He's going to have those big number games. But, man, I think his chance really got sunk in that first game. And that's going to be hard to eliminate that perception because the ACC seemingly looks like it's down. Mm -hmm. We see Clemson's a little bit down. And Clemson would be North Carolina's most likely opponent, you would think, in an ACC title game there in Charlotte. But... How impressive is that going to be? And that's your concern right now, kind of, of the ACC. You know, I saw somebody make a comment. Wake Forest may win the ACC or win the wow. Atlantic Division. They're 2-0 right now and 4-0 overall. And you see a couple of these other teams. Boston College got a win today. They're, these are teams that were kind of like middle of the pack. Yeah. So maybe the wheel of destiny in the ACC is going to kind of shake its way out. And Clemson's certainly still the favorite in the Atlantic. But you look in that coastal, pretty wide open. Virginia Tech. 
North Carolina. Uh, Miami's off to a sluggish start. Virginia off to a sluggish start. So you would think that would be open. And by the way, Clemson is tied right now. Unbelievable. Seven to seven here. They got the first touchdown. NC State does respond. So uh, Tigers uh, got some business to take care of here. Yeah, I want to keep an eye on that again. Uh, Clemson preflop was ten and a half today. Closing here at BetMGM. Uh, back to the Heisman conversation for a second. I, we talked a lot about Cincinnati, and again, 80-1 to 1 to win the national championship. But when you look at Desmond Ritter here uh, for the Bearcats here, right now he's at 20-1 to 1, potentially to win this award, 22-1 to 1 right now at BetMGM. Again, showcase game next week, right? What do you make of that value? And again, the reason why we, we bring this up is you and I don't believe Matt Corral mm-hmm. at plus 210 is the right play. Right. Even though Lane Kiffin's going to give him plenty of opportunity. C.J. Stroud is hurt right now. He's not going to play today. Bryce Young, of course, with Alabama. It, it just feels like this is it's going to switch so many times mm-hmm. that if you get the right number now, is Ritter potentially a play here at 22-1? to 1? Probably not for me. And we saw him like 50 or 60-1 to 1 yeah. earlier in the year. So, obviously, as they keep winning, that keeps drifting. But, look, number one, if they lose next week to Notre Dame, Dunzo. Doubt. No chance because they're not going to the playoff. Maybe they get that group of five bid into like a New Year's Six Bowl like they did in the Beach Bowl against Georgia last year. But uh, then all of a sudden the bloom's kind of off the rose for Cincinnati if they lose next week in Notre Dame. So that's going to be the decider. But you look at that schedule, man, there's a lot of teams. Temple, Navy, South Florida, East Carolina, now SMU. Maybe now that they're still undefeated, right? they, nice win. they could potentially, and of course they got that Hail Mary win over Louisiana Tech and kept it going this week, win the Iron Skillet in Fort Worth against TCU. So maybe SMU, because it's like, who's going to be that challenger? Right. Who's going to be that number two team in the American that's going to be a quality team that's going to get a bunch of wins? Is it SMU? Is it Houston? I think people thought it could be UCF or Memphis or somebody like that. So who's going to be that team that's going to get ranked in the top 25 to give Cincinnati another quality win? So for Ritter, not for me, especially, look, if if they lose in South Bend last week, they're not making the college football playoff. And I think the only way he can win it is if they're in the college football playoff. Uh, Very quickly, just going to keep you updated on what's going on here. Maybe the shocker, again, Utah has been a thorn on my side here as a better in the first couple weeks. They're losing right now mm-hmm. at home to Washington State. And that new line here, if you're a Utah guy, and I don't know why you would be minus a point and a half, as they're down 13-7 to early there. And again, we're seeing some surprises. You mentioned NC State right now, tied up second quarter uh, against Clemson at 7. Michigan just rolling 14-3 right now. Over Rutgers. Any surprises so far in the second wave of games you've seen? Yeah, a little bit, Utah. You thought maybe this could be a get-right spot. Uh, I don't want to say Baylor's a surprise because, look, Baylor got some support here. They did. Even though they hadn't really played anybody, they're out 14-7 to on Iowa State. So uh, maybe Dave Aranda is getting that turned around there and there in Waco. So not really a surprise. Obviously, when a 31-point favorite is losing outright, that's a surprise. UConn, of course, beating Wyoming 10 to nothing, But, uh... You know, uh, my disappointment would be Florida State, who's mm. down 17 to nothing early in the second quarter. They are in Louisville territory, however, so maybe Florida State can at least get on the board and not get totally boat raced. But Mike Norvell having trouble Boy. keeping this on the tracks down there in Dallas. It's not looking good. Iowa, by the way, on the board right now. They get an early touchdown. They were laying a significant number today. We'll see if they can keep that going. And again, uh, Arkansas 10 nothing over Texas A&M. A&M did slip. I. Uh, Obviously, with a backup quarterback down to seven in the polls uh, this week. But again, 
Jimbo Fisher, where's the offense going to come mm-hmm. from against Arkansas here? I know some people are going to think about potentially coming back in this ballgame, but Wes, I don't think I could back them right now financially. Yeah, this would be awful hard to do. you got to have that backup quarterback now, the starter, Calzada, really get going here down the stretch. All right, we have much more to get to here, betting across America. At the top of the hour, Matt Hayes will join us. We talked about those Heisman odds. We'll kind of get his, uh, his thoughts on who he think might still have some value right now as you try to place a wager on who's going to win the Heisman Trophy. Come on back. It's Beeson, the Sports Betting Network. This is Betting Across America on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Make this football season your best sports betting season ever. Start your VSIN free trial today to get full access to our sports betting experts, including 24 7 video streaming, daily best bet emails, betting splits with the money and ticket percentages on every game, plus full access to VSIN.com data and analysis. You get everything VSIN has to offer for only $22 per month. So sign up now at VSIN.com slash subscribe. Dave Ross alongside Wes Reynolds here, betting across America. Game's getting hot and heavy. Clemson's still tied up with NC State today. And right now, Arkansas, maybe the feature game going on right now, uh, 10-0 over Texas A&M. Anything really stand out to you uh, before we look at it, some other games? Yeah, let me hit? get a couple live line updates. Arkansas now minus 3.5 through 15 minutes Ooh. down there in Jerry World. 44.5 the total, so a little bit under what it closed basically at the opening kickoff at 47. Florida State is on the board, so now 17-7 Louisville, minus 9.5 on the Cardinals side, 63.5 the total. And then we have early second quarter Clemson and NC State all tied at 7. I know a lot of people that are a backer of Tennessee football, and they have not been very happy in recent years. Today they're in the swamp taking on Florida. That game getting ready to kick at uh, 4 p.m. here. Florida laying 19 is the number we have here at BetMGM, total of 65. What do you make of Tennessee football? Again, it's kind of, I don't want to say it's Kansas football, Mm -hmm. but in the SEC, it feels like if you're back in Tennessee with your hard-earned dollars, it normally doesn't pay off for you. Yeah, and I do have my hard-earned dollars on Tennessee today. First half, I split it up first half in game. Okay. I think it's a tough spot for Florida because they came all the way back. Remember, they were going to get run out in the swamp by Alabama. It was 21-3 right. at the end of the first quarter, and it was all Florida for the most part for the rest of the game. Had a two-point conversion chance to go ahead and tie that game. It was no good. Alabama escapes with the win. So now Florida gets a Tennessee team that, First-year head coach Josh Heupel, so they're trying to kind of rebuild and get back to where they should be because, look, this rivalry is indicator that Tennessee is not where they should be. By the way, Florida's won 15 of the last 16. Mm. Lone loss coming in 2016. Florida opened actually at 22, I believe, at Circus Sports, and then some Tennessee support came in. I took 20 and a half for a game, also took 11 for the first half. It is going to be Hendon Hooker going. And we saw the early buy on Tennessee and then kind of a little buyback on Florida because Joe Milton got upgraded to probable, the Michigan transfer, and he was the starter in the first couple games, but still working his way back from injury. So I think Hooker right now is the better quarterback. So I think the Vols are at least starting the better guy. Hooker, of course, transferred in from Virginia mm-hmm. Tech. And oh, by the way, quarterback news for Florida, Anthony Richardson, who missed with a hamstring. Richardson has been the freshman that they've kind of come in for the or put in for the big pop plays, the big passing plays down the field. I thought Emory Jones actually had his best game as a Florida Gator last week. He did have one interception, but 
195 yards passing, 77 rushing. So maybe that gets a little bit of the boo birds off his back a little bit. But I think this is a little bit of a shaky spot for Florida. And plus, when you play like one of these top teams, it's usually not a bad idea to go against them the next week. Because when you play like an Alabama and you've seen over the years Clemson, these really elite teams, you take a physical toll. Yes. You take a physical pounding. And that just doesn't go away after a few days. That carries over a lot of aches and pains, a lot of guys maybe not 100% that aren't on the injury report. And I think you could maybe see that for Florida here. So I'm uh, I'm on Tennessee. Look, this could go wrong absolutely quickly based on what we've seen out of the Tennessee Volunteers over the last several years. But I think this is a decent spot for them. I think at least the motivation. Certainly you would think has got to be there. And then Florida, when you take that first loss, sometimes that hangs over at least a little bit for a first half. So I like the first half better than the full game. I could see this being close to 30 minutes, then Florida kind of pulling away as Tennessee runs out of town. I think it's a great point to be made because when you look back to, say, Florida State against Notre Dame in week one, right, and Florida State loses in overtime, it felt, feels like a win. And then what happens the next week to them? They have a terrible loss, one of the worst losses in franchise history, in school history. Same thing for Florida. They lost last week. Tennessee, but it kind of felt like a win, right? They come all the way back. They easily cover the number. They only lose two to Alabama mm-hmm. by two to Alabama, and all of a sudden you feel really good about yourself, and then you're weighing 19. I'm with you on that. I normally wouldn't back Tennessee, but it does feel like a similar scenario, and certainly early in the first half, I think you have a, a smart play there. Very quickly, Arkansas, 17 Zippo on a top mm-hmm. 10 school in Jura World right now against Texas A&M. Just for, for betters out there, if they find themselves in the wrong side, and again, if you were backing A&M, you were laying four, okay? You're down three-nothing, the adjusted line, maybe you hopped in there. Well, then it gets to ten-nothing. What do you, do you hop in there? Is there any point that if you're an A&M backer, and now you have 11 and a half, the hogs are laying, what, what do you do? Do you just stay away and say, you know what? I just had the, I had the wrong read on this yeah. game, and I'm not going to keep throwing away my money waiting for this A&M comeback that hasn't come yet. Yeah, move on. Don't throw good money after bad, because right now it is 11.5, as you pointed out, Arkansas Lane, 51.5 on the total. When you saw Texas A&M, and I do think their defense is good, but this is a step up in class, and Arkansas has absolutely proven it. 239 yards of total offense for Arkansas already. And by the way, 183 through the air, and Arkansas more of a running team Mm. we've seen so far. And they've only run it seven times for 56 yards, so that's eight yards of carry. This Aggie defense is getting kind of a a welcome to the real world and welcome to reality here. And I don't think A&M, they just don't look like they have the firepower. Like, they're good with the lead, but I don't know how they are coming from behind. We're about to find out, but... Not with my money. I, I'm not convinced. I, I don't think a and is going to get totally blown out here, but gosh, I don't want to pay to find out. All I'll say is if Arkansas can hold on to this one, long way to go in Jerry World. Mm-hmm. We understand that. And the way they really physically manhandled Texas, Yeah, and we saw what Texas did today, all of a sudden you have to start looking at the Hogs in the SEC well, and start thinking, well, what, this football team's really good. Well, and and all these other teams are going to have to be on alert because, oh, by the way, Arkansas goes between the hedges down to mm. Athens, Georgia to play the Bulldogs. Then they go to Ole Miss, <laughs> and then they get Auburn coming in. So that's the next three weeks for good Arkansas. Lord. But all of a sudden, Georgia and Ole Miss and Auburn, they got to take notice of this team because this team looks absolutely for real. Only the second year of Sam Pittman because – they showed some spark last year. They would cover some numbers, but they just weren't competitive with the elite teams. But now all of a sudden, 
you know, second year. And oftentimes, what do we say? That first year to second year is when you see the most improvement. Sometimes it's the second to third, but we're seeing it already in Fayetteville. When you wonder why the SEC always gets the pass potentially for two schools in the college football playoff out of four, it's that reason. It's that schedule. Because those third, fourth, and fifth, and sixth teams are really good. Let's talk about Alabama a little bit today. Um, when you look at Bama, obviously we, we expect them to win. Gonna, you're always laying a big number if you're going to back the Crimson Tide. How, as a rule of thumb, do you bet Alabama football? Because I know some people, are, uh, my buddy Tim Doyle would say, you bet Alabama or you don't bet at all. Mm-hmm. You're laying 45 against the Golden Eagles of Southern Miss today. Yeah, and if uh, usually what I end up doing with Alabama is like second half unders and then hope they don't get like a pick six. Right. Because usually they're going to maybe run the ball and their defense is going to be very good. And this Southern Miss team, oh, by the way, they were down to like their fourth quarterback last Mm. week uh, against Troy. So they've had a lot of injuries. Obviously, this is a total dead spot for the Grimson Tide because it's Southern Miss coming in. And, you know, how early do they take out the starters? You're always worried about that if you're laying a big number. You've got the Lane Train, Lane Kiffin, and Matt Corral, now the Heisman favorite, coming in next week. So, you know, this is probably a don't bet at all if if you don't, because I don't know if I want to lay this with Alabama because I'm just thinking, okay, are they going to let up here? But Nick Saban did say in the postgame presser, hey, we need a 60-minute effort because that first 15 minutes, it was like, okay, they're going to run Florida out, and then Florida outplayed him. So maybe Nick Saban, I don't know if it's necessarily running it up here. He might not be able to help it against this Southern Miss bunch with the, with the new head coach there in, in, in Healy. But uh, or Will Hall, rather, is the new head coach there in Southern, Southern Miss. But I, I just I would want to lay it because you worry Alabama, okay, they're going to put their, their third and fourth team guys in. And it's like, we don't want that injury report a mile long. We got Ole Miss coming in, and that's going to be an absolute shootout. And that's why it kind of feels like, to your point, when, when you look at the total and you say, well, how are they going to get to you know, 59, 58? How are they going to get there? Well, if, if Bama's going to score 45 in, mm-hmm. in, a, in a line that's 58 and a half, can Southern Miss score two times? Can right. they get 14? And I'm kind of with you. It feels like an underplay, certainly maybe the second half, if they've taken the wind out of the sails in a dominating first half. Yeah, effort. that's probably the way I'm going to approach it here is seeing uh, if it's, what is it, 57 and a half, 58, 58 right and a half. now. Yep. So let's say there's 45 points in the first half. You might get an over under a 21 maybe or 24. I'd be looking at the second half under and hope to God that there's not a block punt. Or to pick six. Well, we or saw that in the Notre Dame game. Yes. It was a dead under, and then all of a sudden you get a, a kick six for one, and then two yep. pick sixes to get that 31 points in the fourth quarter. That's the way it can spiral when mm. games get out of control. And we mm-hmm. just saw that example with Notre Dame. If you were an underbacker there, we'll find out if that translates to Alabama, which what we think should be a relatively easy win, a favorite by 45 over Southern Miss. Look, a lot of interesting games going on right now. Clemson, NC State right now still knotted up at seven. Almost midway through the second quarter, we'll keep a watchful eye on that. And again, Matt Hayes at the top of the hour talking potential Heisman trophies. If you want to try to get some better odds, we'll still give you those numbers when you come back with us. It is VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. 
Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, Demarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my game. <laughs> As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds, it was shocking. I have to know what were they thinking? Backroom deals, huge amounts of money, CIA secrets, sets off a firestorm in Washington, affairs, no way this guy's got a mistress, corruption, I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. This is Betting Across America on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Discover what winning feels like at BetMGM. It's the best time to sign up because they're giving new customers a shot at an easy 100 bucks. Register using the code VSIN100 and win $100 in free bets when you place a $1 money line wager on any college football game and either team simply scores a touchdown. No matter what your gridiron game is, BetMGM is always ready for all the action. Enjoy parlay selected boot builders, daily promotions, boosted odds specials, and much, much more. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com. Use the code VSIN100 to win $100 when you bet $1 on any college football game and either team simply scores a touchdown. Only at BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, new customer offer, paid in free bets, eligibility restrictions to apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years or older to wager. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available 
in Nevada. Dave Ross alongside Wes Reynolds here betting across America. And right now, let's talk about some Big Ten football. One team struggling. The other team, Michigan, not struggling so far against Rutgers. Up 14-3 and looking for more. And I believe they just got it uh, incomplete. But right now, they're up 11 and looking for more. But Iowa, you mentioned this that they might struggle a little bit with that big number against Colorado State, and so far they are struggling. Yeah, they are, and Colorado State, by the way, looks like they have first and 10 on the 11-yard oh. line of Iowa. It is 7 nothing. about five minutes left to go. The in-play wagering got suspended momentarily. Iowa, though, still 15-and-a-half on the in-play, 34-and-a-half, mm. so let me check. Uh, yeah, it is Colorado State. They are in Iowa territory here, 5.03 left to go. So, look, Iowa... The offense has been pedestrian. Defense is very good, but Colorado State hanging in there once again, and it's 7 up. And by the way, Michigan does have to settle for three, and they get it 17 to 3, 403 left to go in the first score, in the uh, first half, rather. A couple other Big Ten teams in action. Illinois, Purdue, not much scoring here, just two field goals from Purdue, 6 to nothing. Mm. Illinois does have the ball back. Illinois has, I believe, 19 yards of total offense Yikes. here. Six minutes left to go in the first half. So, uh, Purdue, Illinois, I thought that number was a little high on Illinois. I didn't end up taking it because I wasn't really confident. Uh, David Bell, by the way, was ruled out, their star receiver for Purdue. So that's why you saw a little buyback on Illinois. And so far, Maryland not showing any signs of a hangover. No Look ahead, 21-6 to over Kent State very early on in the second quarter. 10-29 left to go, but Kent State is driving in Maryland. Only one Tunga Vailoa right now in action. We know two in the NFL is going to be out on the IR. Yep. But younger uh, brother there, uh, Talia. Looking pretty darn good for Maryland right now as they're trying to get another win. Let's stay in the Big Ten here and talk about Michigan State uh, laying five against the Big Red machine here in Nebraska. And I say that tongue-in-cheek a little bit because they really haven't been much of a machine, Big Red, with Nebraska. But they did play hard last week. And Scott Frost has been a punchline here. They go into East Lansing today. What do you make of that number? That number all the way down to three and a half. So Nebraska getting a lot of money. For this case. Yeah, I was going to say they were laying five, and I'm hoping that underdog isn't getting too much popular because I am on it, and I took five because I just thought that number, look, Michigan State goes down there and, and, and kicks the you-know-what out of Miami, <laughs> plus four in the turnover margin. You kind of thought, okay, this Michigan State team, now this is a big step up. You got a Northwestern team that's a little down on personnel. Then you beat Youngstown State. It's like, okay, what's your real identity here? Right. And they only had, I believe, about a 14-yard edge, but it was 38-17 blowout because of the turnover margin and because Miami couldn't run the ball. Michigan State outscored Miami 21-3 to in the fourth quarter, and they looked like the fitter, fresher team. The field temperature is like 100 degrees, so you thought, oh, God, these guys from up north, from East Lansing, right. they're going to melt in this heat, and it didn't necessarily happen. Uh, so you look, Michigan State, obviously, it's like, okay, they might be a surprise here. They're for real. Mel Tucker finally got a recruiting class. But this number was in that dead zone of five, and I thought this is a really weird number because I feel like Nebraska, people have kind of just looked at that game against Illinois where they got beat and they were, like, they were like touchdown road favorites and they forgot about everything they did since. They've covered now three straight games. Okay. and They were right in the game with Oklahoma. I don't think it was fluky that they were there. They did some things right, just didn't have enough there at the end. So this is why I went against Michigan State. Because now all of a sudden you have expectations. Mm. And you're a team with the brand new head coach, Mel Tucker. Not totally brand new no, because it's the second year. Yeah. But yeah, still trying to build a culture there. And how do you deal with expectations? You go down and you beat the Miami Hurricanes. Not 
the vintage you by any stretch, but still it's Miami and you went down and handled their business on the road. So you look at this and it's like, okay, does Michigan state now think that they're good? Do they have that sense of urgency is like, Hey guys, we're making progress. We're really building here. Do they think, yeah, we're really, really good. And maybe, uh, you know, ahead of our skis, so to speak here. So I like Nebraska plus five. I think that, you know, Scott Frost being on the hot seat and being on the punchline, you kind of see it a little bit in the betting market, but you are seeing Nebraska, I think, get some support here. I think maybe they're a little bit of the better team here because they're at least more experienced. They have a veteran quarterback in Martinez, although I think Peyton Thorne for Michigan State is going to be a good one in the Big Ten. He's going to be one of the better ones over the next couple of years in this conference. But I took Nebraska. That line just was fishy to me. I was like, okay, why aren't they laying seven right. here? If everybody's so down on Nebraska and they're the big punchline here, I like the Cornhuskers here. Uh, you know, it, it was, you know, it's a little bit reluctant because it's like, can I really back Nebraska? But, you know, I, I always say you go where the stink is sometimes, and I'm going to go with it with the Cornhuskers. You mentioned very quickly Colorado State. They did get that touchdown seven to six right now, Iowa in the Big Ten holding on by a point. Some other surprises. Baylor right now in the Big 12, up 21-10 on Iowa State. Uh, and again, right now, still 17 nothing. Arkansas sitting all over Texas A&M. So some su- surprising. Mm-hmm. And oh, by the way, Kansas winning at Duke yes. right now. Yeah, we've got a couple of these. And by the way, that adjusted line in the Iowa game, Iowa now minus 11 and a half. 37 and a half uh, total here. Seven to seven, four and minutes left a- to go. Yep. Yeah, in the uh, first half at Kinnick Stadium. A couple other teams that Auburn maybe could be a little sleepy because mm. of that game against Penn State. Georgia State, by the way, 10-6. to 6. Whoa. Early second quarter, Auburn now minus 15.5, 57.5 your total. I, I don't know that Ohio State's in a sleepy spot against the no. Zips today of Akron, but they do have a backup quarterback going today, Wes. So again, before kick here, when you look at the numbers you got to lay with the big boys, with the Alabamas and the Ohio States, and you do have a backup quarterback, we talked about it maybe with A&M having a backup and how – you got to think about those things before you just blindly lay numbers with the better team. 48 and a half mm-hmm. at home in the shoe against Akron. What do you make of that number? God, I think you could only lay the first half here <laughs> if you're Ohio State because this is this is a big number My for goodness. a defense that actually is struggling. By the way, Ohio State has given up 29 points a game and 471 yards Ooh. on the season. This is not a very good defense. Gary Coombs has not figured it out in Columbus in terms of what to do. It, they won 41-20. to 20. That looks like a comfortable win over Tulsa last week, but they only out-yarded Tulsa by seven yards, 508-501. to 501. Two TDs in the final 307 to kind of pull away and give them some clearance, but you look at Akron. They lost 60-10 to 10 at Auburn this oh. year down at Jordan-Harris Stadium. Also, uh, but their quarterback, uh, they have a new quarterback, DJ Irons, who has now taken over that starting job. 19-23 for 296, three touchdowns, no picks. Ran for 136 in a TD, although it was against FCS Bryant. So don't really go go to the well with those numbers or necessarily go to the window. But I could see Ohio State first half. It's kind of maybe one of those things. How how nice is Ryan Day going to be? I, uh, and we know his predecessor, Mr. Meyer, wasn't always not nice, very nice in these scenarios when you're thinking, oh, Urban, you know, he's not going to roll it up on Toledo or on Bowling Green or Miami, Ohio. And then it's 72 to nothing before you look at it. So uh, 30 and a half right now, 31 at BetMGM. If I'm going to play, which I'm likely not, I would be laying the first half on this. And again, to your point about that, with that loss to Oregon early, 
Mm-hmm. At some point, style points, they always say it doesn't matter. It matters. Yeah. So they're going to look at the – they might not look at the team. They'll go, oh, they beat somebody 72 nothing. That's why potentially, even when you look at a huge spread like 48 and a half, mm-hmm. kind of with the, the only way to possibly play this is Ohio State first half. It feels like they're going to come out and jump on them early yeah. and try to rest the rest away. But, look, when you lose early at home and you're trying to get in as a one-loss team at the college football playoff – you got to start running it up Before on Before you get in on this game, too, check the injury report because this might be outdated information, but I saw a lot of guys questionable, undisclosed, oh. so that makes you think, okay, maybe there's some COVID Uh-oh. issues in Columbus. I don't want to say that no, without knowing that for a fact. That's what undisclosed that's, normally that's relates to. That's why I'm staying things. out of this because I'm worried all of a sudden, you know, about an hour before game time, it's going to be like, okay, there's about 15 dudes that aren't going to play. And a lot of them could be starters, you know, that might not be skill position guys, but offensive line starters, defensive line starters, secondary starters being out absolutely matters. So this is an absolute leave it alone for me. Yeah, I feel that same way. About 30 seconds to go here, Wes, before we take a very quick break. But quickly on Clemson, 7-all, four minutes to go in the second quarter, just get the ball back against NC State. When do you start sweating it out if you laid the 10.5 with Clemson? Right about now, because I'm not <laughs> liking what I'm seeing here. They have 80 yards of total offense, and they cannot run the Unbelievable. ball. Unbelievable. Yeah, uh, Clemson, they, I, I I thought that this was kind of the low spot. And look, they could still maybe pull away here in the second half, because I think this defense is absolutely playing very well. But you may need their defensive score to get ahead of the number. Seven to seven, five minutes left to go in the second quarter. When we come back, we love talking with our guy Matt Hayes, all things college football, including maybe some Heisman watch as well. Come on back. It's VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. 